Welcome to The Athletics of Business, a podcast about how the traits and behaviors of elite athletes and remarkable business leaders frequently intersect. The real stories and hard lessons to help you level up your leadership and performance. Now your host, Ed Molitor. Welcome back to another episode of the Athletics of Business podcast. I am your host and CEO of the Molitor Group, Ed Molitor. Now, I firmly believe in underselling and over-delivering, and I don't want to oversell the conversation you are about to listen to with my special guest, Aaron Bear, but it is simply remarkable. It'll blow your mind, and that is not overselling. And then I'd love to go through and do a deep dive on his bio and all of his accomplishments, but it would take up way too much of your time. Go to his website, check out all the amazing work that he has done, that he is doing. But Aaron's life purpose is to create 1 million exponential leaders, leaders that are purposeful, conscious, digital, and above all, exponential. Aaron is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of Exponential Theory, incredible book, and the creator of the XMBA group coaching program, which is the Exponential Mindsets, Beliefs, and Attitudes group coaching program. We'll take a deep dive into those three things, how they all tie in to getting rid of your self-limiting beliefs and to think bigger about ourselves. And he is also the host of the XX podcast, Two Exponentials in a Flat World. Now, beyond traveling over 90 countries in all 50 states, Aaron has facilitated innovation and strategy at over 500 companies and appeared on 20 of the top 250 podcasts. But I think he had the most fun in this conversation, but I digress. He is highlighted as 10 leaders to watch in 2022, listed on 50 under 50 leaders, 40 under 40 leaders, 35 under 35 entrepreneurs, and one of his companies has been awarded most innovative company in the US. His award-winning digital strategy firm had clients such as, now get this, Google, Council for Foreign Relations, Coca-Cola, Harley-Davidson, Dannon, Emerson, Comedy Central, Telemundo, and Dell, where he built over 100 software projects focused on growth hacking, leveraging the viral, viral excuse me, loop. Aaron has over $4 billion. That's billion with the B, over $4 billion in documented results. Now, a couple of things that I was not going to mention, but I just, I feel compelled to tell you he has sold 12 companies, built three nonprofits and three accelerators. And his ability to think exponentially has led him to successfully build a career site that reached 10 million monthly visitors, the number one food app in Apple store, a community that reached 9 million weekly visitors, a neuroscience company, one of the first crowdfunding platforms, the world's largest sales association, the first and largest drone management program, a cybersecurity company with 60,000 clients, the nation's largest testing program for COVID-19, and the list goes on and on and on, but you get the idea. And we're going to talk about some really, really cool stuff, powerful stuff that'll help get you think at the next level to lead at the next level. And again, be purposeful, conscious, digital, and above all, exponential. We'll talk about how to think is to create and why what you resist um, will persist. And how a big part of self-awareness is understanding, I love this part, is understanding what you need to unlearn and reprogram. Aaron will also jump into what his plan is and how he's going to go about creating 1 million exponential leaders and why it is so meaningful to him. And with that being said, we talk about exponential models, exponential disruption, exponential compounding, exponential sociability, and digitalization. I could go on and on about Aaron, his accomplishments, and all the great work he's still doing. But you know what? It's time for me to get out of the way and let you enjoy this conversation as much as I did when I was recording it with Aaron. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today on the Athletics of Business podcast. I am extremely fired up to have you here. 
Likewise, Andrew, just excited uh, to get on your podcast and uh, talk to you and your listeners. Um, been been looking forward to this for a while. Often, we usually start with taking a peek behind the curtain and going through your journey and what got you here. But I want to jump in right to what is going on in your world right now, because that will all tie back to your journey. You have so much incredible work that you've done, that you are doing. Let's talk about 1 million exponential leaders, what that means to you, what that means to us, and what you're doing with that. Part of my journey over the last 15 years, uh, I've been researching exponential leaders. And you know, I'll define that as, you know, I'll give you some examples, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, um, Richard Branson, people that, that thought big about their worlds and obviously were able to create that because they had a long-term vision. In that, I learned what are their mindsets, beliefs, and attitudes, which I really have created into a, a coaching product that we have called Exponential Mindset, Beliefs, and Attitudes, the XMBA. That's an analogy on the fact that for 10 years, I was a professor in MBA programs. And, you know, that candidly is to help people get into middle management and kind of get stuck in being good at reporting, uh, you know, good at accounting and uh, good at getting things done. What I think the world needs now, though, and this is where I've really grasped my own new massive transformative purpose, which is 1 million exponential leaders. And as I want to create that, that will solve potentially every problem that we have in the world. Because if we get people thinking bigger about themselves, they're professionally and then organizationally, they start creating companies to solve massive problems. And the world, as you know, look around, looks like it's in chaos. There's a lot mm -hmm. of opportunities. Right. And that's, I reframe problems as opportunities. Um, if we're able to create a million people thinking on this level, we're going to make a, a dent in this world. We're going to make a dent in this universe. I was telling somebody the other day is like, this is likely a bigger massive transformative purpose than Google had when they started. And it was very uncomfortable for me to say it for a while. I mean, I literally would tell people and I'd say, we're going to create 1000 exponential <laughs> leaders, you know, and it would be like this Freudian, <laughs> right. like, oh, I, I'm not even able to wrap my head or my hand around it. But, you know, what I learned in this 15 years of researching these people is they all had very long-term visions. Right. So my vision, my 1 million exponential leaders does not have to happen this year. It doesn't have to happen in the next decade. Uh, Bill Gates has a quote that I have in the book that uh, people often overestimate what they can do in one year, but underestimate what they can do in 10. Right. And Bill Gates back in 1976 made a claim to say, we're going to put a computer on every desktop in every home. Well, that sounded like, you know, crazy in 1976 because there wasn't even a computer on every desk at work. I mean, we didn't even really use computers. There's mainframes and different things, but the idea of a personal computer or a laptop didn't exist. So the only thing he did is in exponential thinking is he saw the exponential equation to say, this will happen. But now you could say that he underestimated because 40 years later, there's a computer in every pocket. Yeah. And you know who would have thought that? He actually would have thought that. And that's what he leveraged with his long-term vision. Um, you could say the same about Elon Musk in 2006, wrote a blog post that predicted Tesla would be exactly where it is today and said exactly how it was going to happen. He literally said, I'm going to sell a really expensive sports car that's the fastest because we're going to show you that electric can be fast. I'm going to sell that. And he sold the Roadster. Then he created the Model S and then he created you know several other little versions to get down to the Model 3, which now candidly where I live, there's 20 Model 3s driving around because right. it's, it's going to be the Model T of today where you can only get it in four or five colors, they're going to be out there everywhere. And it's because also he has an exponential business model that in the future, you know, he could change car ownership into being an asset instead of mm -hmm. a liability where, you know, if that car goes and works for you 90% of the time when you're not using it, 
um, right. driving other people. That's a, that's a potential. That changes the idea of ownership. And obviously that scares even companies that have been disruptive like Uber. Mm-hmm. So we're in this very disruptive world where exponential leaders is my goal. And I want to become the absolute expert and working on, um, you know, interviewing all these different people uh, over the last 15 years has been just an incredible journey uh, to learn how they thought about. And all of them had points of, you know, what you'd say is being human, where they were ready to just throw it all, you know, I'm done. I just need to go do something else because I'm not going to get there. Uh, Because doing something big is not, you know, not the easy path. And um, oftentimes you're in a very deceptive phase of, of where you're going to take that. But that's all part of my own journey, you know, that, that really started back probably in college when I, you know, went overseas. And once I, I joined, you know, once I went overseas, my world started to open up. And since then, I've been on this exponential path. It's pretty fascinating. I'm curious if you back up, like interviewing all these folks over the last 15 years, was the information you got, was the thought leadership you got, was the creative mindset, was it what you thought it would be? Was it more? Was it more simple? Was it more complex? Was it deeper? I mean, how did you, did you have expectations of what you were going to get? Well, during that time, I was, I was working with uh, companies like Diamond Mercedes-Benz. I worked with their board of directors, their top 100 executives, Coca-Cola, their top 100 executives. So I was, I was able to meet these companies that wanted to learn about what are these companies outside of their world that were growing faster than them, how they, what they could learn from them. So how they could be, how their innovation could be more entrepreneurial. So in that, I kind of was forced into this. Okay, well, here, that, that's when I started studying. And, and what happened is I would take these companies um, like Daimler and I would take them to Singapore and Shanghai and Tel Aviv and London and Silicon Valley. And we would go meet with these companies. So I got the opportunity then to facilitate these conversations wow. of yeah. senior executives of very big companies um, and these startup executives that were just growing like gangbusters that Obviously, a lot of them wanted to sell the Daimler or, or Coca-Cola or Belfius Bank, which is the National Bank of Belgium. We created these experiences that allowed me to kind of fall into this beautiful research that I just started to learn about it. And my mindset expanded beyond belief to where, candidly, five years ago, I couldn't have said I was going to create 1 million exponential leaders. Like I didn't, I didn't believe I was worthy of it. I didn't have the self-confidence. So what I, what I learned it is very simple and it's, you know, I use a model and it, it, and it goes to self-help is broken to me because that says there's something wrong with you. And I, right. I believe that we're all perfect. I believe that we're perfectly where we're supposed to be right now because mm-hmm. we chose to be here, whether what environment we let impact us, whatever out there on the outside let us. So once I, in my own coaching program, I get people to think about their past and I think about what are the traumas or the, the limitations or the regrets or Whatever. And I, and I want to create yeah. meaning to that is all that actually is part of your journey to get you to where you to find your greatest potential. Mm-hmm. Those are just obstacles put in the way to see how you handle them. And, you know, the, the world works in this mysterious way that, you know, I don't want to get new agey on you or whatever. But it's it's like when you look at your past, though, you are a reflection of what you think about yourself. And your future is often that reflection to say your stress, worries, anxiety, doubts and fears are all made up based on what you believe about yourself right now. Getting someone to get exponential, what I learned about all these people is they're somewhat fearless in the fact that failure is just part of the journey. Yeah. And I, I ended up coming to the only time you really fail, and what I learned from these people, is if you actually don't learn anything or you don't win. So I came to this concept of winning or learning, 
And the faster you do that, what I learned, especially about these companies that are exponentially growing, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Amazons, is that they just learn at a faster pace. They're not stuck right. in fighting for the norm. Um, that so many big companies, because they were pure, set up that way, their bureaucracy, their leadership, their layers of management, the level right. fours and fives in these companies right. that all had hierarchies, they were set up to not change. Well, yeah. the world's changing. So if something's <laughs> not changing, then your company's going to die. You're kind of screwed. That's yeah. been my message. Is right. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. There's, there's so much that you've said here in the last just five minutes. And you think about it, like our foundational program here is victory defined. We live in a society, you mentioned a cancel culture. We live in a society, we're afraid to talk about winning, right? Like it's, oh my God, he wants to wake up every day and win. Well, you have to clearly articulate what victory means to you. You know, the way we break it down is values, intangibles. And this is why I'm so excited to talk to you. The third one is creativity and reframing everything and be able to reframe situations, circumstances, challenges, adversity as opportunity. And then T and then objectives and then rules of the game, challenging the status quo, which you talk so much about. And then you, you know, why standing for you, the ability to work on yourself in how important from what you just told me is the story that you are telling yourself and how much does that story you are telling yourself empower you to become the author of your own story? You couldn't have basically paved the way for, for my ex-MBA any better than you just did, because we actually use the hero's journey as mm -hmm. our method. And for those that don't know what the hero's journey is, is basically over the last 2000 years, every major story was really written that, hey, I'm a, you know, we identify a person, they come to a place in their life, they either fail or find out they're not, you know, they're not where they thought they were. And they have to think about that. And then they come away and they learn it. And then they teach others. So Star Wars, uh, the movie, Harry Potter, all literally written down to a T on the hero's journey. We use it in the XMBA because you are your own hero. And if you actually play your own character, and I, I think of this is, you know, I think of a Tom Brady, you know, as a, a sports analogy, I guess, is when he steps on the field, I think he believes he's a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so do a lot of people. Yeah. And I, and I think that's part of, you know, when you step into business, when you step in the boardroom, when I was in sales and I became one of, you know, the, everywhere I've gone, I've really been good at sales and winning because mm -hmm. I literally played a person like I'm going to walk in here and I played, I'm going to be the best salesperson in the world. And I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be empathetic. I'm going right. to hear what they say. I'm going to find out. And I literally would have this little affirmations before I went in and yeah. I said them to myself and nobody knew I said them. And then I did that same with me speaking on stage. I never, I don't get nervous, however big the crowd is or whoever I'm talking to. And I've been in front of some very important people in my life is like, how do you stay centered? It's because right. at the end of the day, like I want to accomplish, you know, and that's where this all comes back to 1 million exponential leaders for me. That's where I want to accomplish now at whatever time I wanted to accomplish. I was very outcome focused, very winning driven because I did right. grow up in sports. I'm not saying it's the only way. I do think that we have to, you know, get people back to thinking about winning or learning. Mm -hmm. And the faster you learn, the more you'll win. The reality is that those failures are what you learn from that mm -hmm. is how we actually grow. And I think part of that is, you know, the mindset that I really see that an exponential leader has is getting into a place where they're actually present in the moment mm -hmm. to understand that they can, back to creativity, they can create whatever they want that day. Right. So, the beauty is when they wake up, they think about the biggest thing they can create. Most people slink out of bed and think about going and hit the alarm or going back to bed or whatever it is. But when you really look at exponential leaders I've talked to, they're not having a hard time getting out of the bed. 
they're excited on Monday as much as they are Friday. And they're excited about every moment in their life because they're able, they understand they're able to create their world and they understand that failure is part of it. So then it's just, let's learn from this. And then then it accelerates. And I think in the overall mission of what I'm doing is to help people really have the confidence to say something like, I'm going to create 1 million exponential leaders. And all I can say is, is follow me in the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. You'll be like, oh my God, that guy did created a million exponential leaders and he was on my podcast. Yeah, no, and I will follow you. And I'll be the first one to say, I told you so that he will do it too. No, I believe it. You know, and and you said something, you can't see it here on on, on our wall, but it says self-awareness is the competitive advantage. How important is self-awareness into what everything that we're talking about? So that's the core of getting to be where, because in, in reality is what, when we think we're being mindful, a lot of leaders, what we still have is this little voice in our head that talks and says all these negative things and all these doubts and fears. And for the longest time I had that I wasn't worthy or I wasn't good enough. I, I write that in my book, in my first chapter, I kind of talk about a teacher that really, you know, said I was never going to amount to anything. And, and did this publicly. And, you know, and in high school, I graduated the bottom half of my class. Um, I was lucky enough to play. I was a pretty good soccer player. So I got some soccer scholarships. And I ended up when I got into college, I, I realized that I could one, choose the subjects and that I knew if I was going to keep my soccer scholarship, I got good grades. So I got all A's. I literally got straight A's through all of college. So I changed overnight, basically from a confidence standpoint, I wasn't really ready for the world when I was coming out of high school, because I had all this limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and regrets and remorse, like, Oh, why didn't I, you know, Oh man, I should have done better in high school. And I see kids today is like, what you got to learn is whatever you were yesterday, you don't have to be that tomorrow. In fact, you can make the choice right now today, listening to this to really change your world of what you believe you are. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this hero's journey or the story that you're telling yourself, because when you do put on whatever, and, and you can put on the artificial cape and do that, And I think all of a sudden you're going to perform at a level that you've never seen yourself perform at. The beauty is, is that you can put that on anytime you want, right? It may be affirmations. It may be a visioning exercise or journaling or, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's the values that you put in place to say, I'm going to live up to these every day, which I, Mm -hmm. in my book, I talk about these universal truths that I've learned that actually fit into anyone, anyone that ever tells me any values are ever. And I've read thousands of books. They all fit into these universal truths that I learned that really help kind of build the exponential leader. Um, And they're the foundation of when you look at these people, when they create every day, they use these universal truths. You know, I think that's a good jumping off point for a second to jump into your book, because I, I, it is beyond fascinating. I mean, it's empowering. It is so enlightening. It's fun to read. And I always ask this question when, when we have authors on, what's the best way to read it? You know, in other words, and you talk about the beginning of the book, and I love that because I think more books should do that. Right. But when someone picks up that book to squeeze it dry, to get the most out of it, how should they go about attacking process of reading exponential theory? Well, what I've learned about books is 90% of people will buy a book and not read it. So, right. Yep. And that might be low too, by the way. <laughs> it might be low. <laughs> but it looks good on their bookcase behind them when they're on a the Zoom does, call. It does. Yeah. So the best way to read it is to pick it up and, and read a couple of sentences anywhere in the book. And, and that's where I can say is, um, you know, and I took the, the COVID experience and allowed me to be very exhaustive in my research and and fine tuning the writing, but every sentence is intentional Mm -hmm. and there's a jumping off point. And I think over time, you know, people will get drawn into the book if they want to be exponential leaders, Mm -hmm. because I tell story of some of the greatest exponential companies and leaders and what they did. Um, It leads into my coaching program, which is really about the mindset, beliefs, and attitudes. 
but throughout the whole thing, it's, you become more conscious as you become exponential. And that's part of my own journey, you know, to see the world and go to 90 countries and, you know, do all this innovation facilitation. I learned to look at things in a very empathetic way. And I started to listen a lot better. And I think those are all skills of exponential leaders because they realize the wisdom of crowds or the people around them are what gets it done. You know, and we often always give, you know, Steve Jobs or Elon Musk all the credit, but it's really the fact that they created these massive missions, these very big, iconic belief systems that attracted the best talent. And then that talent was the one that actually made them look so, you know, incredible every day. Because if you're a leader of an organization and you have Johnny Ives, you know, designing your products and, you know, you have these different groups of people that really believe in the vision of Apple, Steve Jobs was able to leverage that in to now creating the richest company as far as cash on hand uh, right. of any company in the world. That was all created from a vision. One, because he had to fail. He actually got kicked out of Apple and came back to really actually not take it for granted and actually came back as a much more exponential leader than he was before. And I think that's all part of his journey into Pixar, into the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is some, there's some. So that's here. such a great story. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Steve Jobs, um, you know, remarkably, um, all these people say he's the greatest innovator. I believe he's the greatest timer. You know, the technology in the book, I have a story, about, yeah. I have a story about General Magic, which is a company that Apple invested in. And there's a guy, Mark Porat, that actually created the term information technology and at Stanford and then went on to, you know, be part of the Macintosh team. And then he wrote this little book called The Magic Crystal. And then it created a company called General Magic that literally created the iPhone 17 years before the iPhone was published in 2007. Okay. So what happened is it failed several times because the world wasn't ready for having communication in their pocket. Steve Jobs recognized, and I think one of the kind of clever ways of him seeing systemically, and I think that's about being an exponential leader, he saw that Nokia was starting to fall off on their phone sales. And BlackBerry at that time in 2007, if you remember back, yeah. was really just a corporate tool that people got email. But all of a sudden, consumers started wanting BlackBerry. So he recognized at that very point that it may be a good timing. And he always denied for several years that they were ever working on a phone. Yep. And then they launched the phone to what I say there was pre-iPhone and post. Android came out at the same time. But, you know, iPhone gets a lot of the sizzle. Android actually does seven times the amount of phones. Yeah. But iPhone has really reaped the reward because they own their whole vertical integration of the hardware, software, and everything. Right. Right. So I just look at Steve Jobs as the greatest timer because he had people working on this stuff way beyond, you know, what he's done. And he actually right. failed at this several times with the product Lisa and the Newton and mm -hmm. all these different things. So it, it is a matter of just being in the right place, right time and having the long-term vision to follow it through. And I think that's what Apple did. They got it right the third or fourth time. And, mm -hmm. you know, since then, you know, they even launched the iPad in a way that, they dumbed it down to bring the price down because they knew they wanted mass adoption. And they also build in their own technological advantage because they had iPad 3 built when they launched iPad 1. And I love the whole concept that he's a great timer. So our listener reads the book. They're reading the book. How do you have the book laid out? You talked about the seven universal truths. Are you okay to share a couple of those with us? Yeah, I can, I can share them all. I think the, you know, it starts off really on this personal journey that I've had to get to where, you know, 15 years of researching exponential leaders, talking to them facilitating conversations between their companies and others. What universal truths are is that we are always right. To think is to create. Uh, your perception is your reality. And I think that's, that's one of the first universal truths is when you say something internally to yourself, you're saying it to the world. The world is, that vibration, that energy is getting out. 
So when you're saying you're not good enough or you can't do this and it's, it's like, Hey, I want that new shiny red Range Rover. And then, you know, a day later, yeah, I don't really need it. Well, guess what? You're not going to get it now. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the think is to create. And, you know, you see these exponential leaders is sometimes ego can, they can show ego and different things because one, we don't think and talk like them because they just believe they know they can speak it into existence and they continue to work on it and they learn and, you know, make mistakes and they learn from that. And then they, they find their winnings. They'll keep moving on. The other is we are habits. You know, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. So this, this goes to any locker room in the, in the country focuses on habits to get their players to, you know, perform the best. The greatest have the greatest systems. You know, you, yep. you, you look at uh, Saban and, you know, how systemic he is with every single thing they do and how important every coach is to making sure the system works. They're just better at creating the habits. Yeah, sure. Then they recruit the best talent, but they still got to fine tune that to perform every year. Attitude is everything. I think, you know, you always hire on attitude because if someone walks in and wants to learn, they're not going to be fearful of making mistakes. What we resist persists. You got to let some go things. I mean, so much people are so proud of, you know, I always use this analogy that you have this red wagon you carry behind with all your crap and Every time the, you know, if crap falls out, you actually go and pick it up and put it back in your wagon because you want to carry it around because it's like a badge of honor. But that's, let that shit go, you know? Yeah. To me, that's like departure for arrival points, departure points, right? Just that's it. Move on. Goes back to the whole, the the universe. Yep. The goal is not the end. So, you know, the journey is the reward. At at the end of the day, a lot of these exponential leaders, because they have such long-term visions, Mm -hmm. they're not reaching their goals overnight. And, And in fact, Elon Musk, in any one of his companies had just, you know, even SpaceX. And this is the beauty. I, I invented this term called Mars shots. You probably heard of moon shots where mm-hmm. Google, you know, shoot for the moon. Well, what Elon Musk did, and this is just the exponential thinker in him. He's like, you know, I want to think bigger than that. So I'm going to say in 2040, we're going to do a Mars settlement. And that's about as big as I can think right now. And that's <laughs> as about as long as term as people will let me think. Yeah. And I'm going to create a company, SpaceX, to do that. And now SpaceX is shuttling passengers back from the International Space Station, launching satellites literally on a biweekly basis, you know, doing some incredible things. If he were to fail and not get to Mars, SpaceX is still now the private space company. Yeah, he's done all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done okay with that. And he was able to attract all these great minds to that vision because it was bigger than the vision that they ever had at NASA Mm -hmm. or anywhere else. If someone looks at at a person like Elon Musk, though, and says he's nuts. He's brilliant in one aspect. He's manic, but he's got some serious issues and we're all flawed, but they have an argument with some of those things, but that doesn't mean that's what it takes to be an exponential leader, an exponential thinker. Oh, but I think when you, you know, I think even people like when look at me and I say, I'm going to create 1 million exponential leaders, there's going to be doubts and fears because people, the hero's journey. And this is every story you say to yourself about anything is a story. That's a bigger story. So when you look at other people, and that's the beauty of storytelling, is we all want to see ourselves in other people. Well, if we're not able to see ourselves in Elon Musk, we're not able to see like the genius that's in every one of us. That's because we've still got all these limiting beliefs from our past. We still got all this stuff that we're carrying around. And that's part of my coaching program is eliminate those things. Because what I've learned from exponential leaders is they don't know how they're going to do it. They just keep working on it and keep making mistakes and keep learning. And the reality is they set such high standards for themselves that they're unrealistic for everyone else. So yeah, you look crazy. You sound crazy, especially the guy on the couch that, you know, has remote control. And 
you know, literally sits on the negative news all day right. and is the biggest critic of the world, it becomes really easy to, to say, you know, that this person's crazy or whatever. And they may be. And it's, it's candidly, I have some stories in my book about different companies like uh, Fred Smith at FedEx, you know, got a C minus on his paper at Yale because he wrote this paper that said, I'm going to fly jets into Memphis and fly them out every night. And we're going to get packages everywhere in 24 hours. And the yeah. professor's like, well, that's not possible. Well, <laughs> today, the reason we get packages within 24 hours is because he had a paper that he got a C minus. Yeah. All big ideas are not necessarily ideas that people can handle. John Bogle at Vanguard, I used to actually started my career at Vanguard Group. They're the largest mutual fund asset manager now. It's plus seven trillion or whatever it is. Yeah. And they start off with, hey, we're going to do it the opposite. We're going to have, you know, no fee, no load. We're going to have, you know, we're going to actually drive costs down. And we're just going to scale and we're going to buy indexes where we'll buy every stock. So you always own everything because, and now they've proven that that model of investing works better than any other model, better than, you know, Warren Buffett over, you know, a period of time. So there's very few people that can even compete with them because of their low expense ratios and everything. At the time when he did that, the whole industry is like, well, one, they didn't like it because he, you know, everybody's like, well, I'm going to go over to the low fee guy, yeah. but nobody thought that his business would ever be the largest in, in the world. And then they were chasing, if it did work, then they were the ones who had to, had to change. Now everyone's chasing them. Everyone's adapting yeah. the strategy. Let me ask you this. And you mentioned this with your coaching program, you work on eliminating, limiting beliefs, but, and you yourself had a hard time spitting out a million, right? Yep. Exponential leaders. How did you overcome that? How do you work with your folks to, to eliminate their, their limiting beliefs? Well, I think what it comes down to is when you get to a place where you're just really being, and I'll use the word mindful, where you're in the moment and you realize is that nothing's holding you back from being whoever, whatever, what's the story you want to tell about yourself? And the story I want to tell about myself today is that I'm going to create 1 million exponential leaders. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it for whatever time it takes. That's my purpose on earth. And if I do that, then I'll have 1 million people going around thinking bigger about the world, solving problems in every single industry in the world. Every social problem, every social movement, every NGO, every whatever it is, is if everyone started to think bigger about what they could do, then that's going to change the world beyond anything that I could possibly get involved with. Along the way, you know, I have some side visions to be on the board of five or six exponential companies. I see myself as creating a coaching program that I actually certify other coaches right. in every city in the world to actually drive this out because I think this is as important uh, today in Moscow. <laughs> Uh, almost more yeah. important in Moscow than, right. than anywhere else, because we're going to have to think our way out of the future of not getting ourselves into these predicaments. And these are, these are candidly a lot of these things. When you look even on a global level, mm -hmm. these are small thinking of what we're doing. There's a much better way to accomplish some of the ego driven goals than, you know, literally taking something from someone else. Do you get pushback sometimes from higher level executive leaders when they need to be put in a position to tell themselves what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. And do they come back at you with, well, how do you measure this? Yeah, no, I, I think the biggest thing is, is complacency and leadership. It's very easy to be in a leadership role. And, and what, what I can say the biggest problem today is hands down. And, and I, I had a cultural assessment company on my path to creating this 1 million exponential leaders that I would go into companies and assess cultures. And there's generally about five or six problems that every company has. But the, the number one problem is, is really this complacency where it's not willing to make decisions because it's easier not to make a decision. 
even if they go and get as much data, and I've seen this in very large organizations where all the data would point and tell you, here is the story of the future, that if you want to be part of it, we can be ahead of it. And they have people in the organization that then get beat down. <laughs> no, 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 we're doing fine. You know, we're going yeah, to hit our goals yeah. this year. Let's not, yeah. we're not going to spend a bunch of money reinventing right. anything because, right. but even working with uh, Diamond Mercedes-Benz over the last five, six years, the story I told them six years ago has now happened. So now they're ready and they're, they're literally massively shrinking to kind of figure out, oh, wow, this electric thing is real. So they were making, you know, $20 billion investments in tooling for combustion engines. Well, they were the best at that. And that was kind of the problem is, hey, we actually, we can build the best combustion engine there is. We're not really that good at that EV thing. Not as good as that (laughs) Tesla guy. So all of a sudden you got all these people that had a lot of power and influence saying, well, no, we're going to stay with the combustion engine, even though the rest of the world has been telling these programs. Now you see everybody flipping because financially it actually is showing them that they have to do it. And every other com- car company has now made these huge, you know, momentous changes late in the game, but partially because of one exponential leader that their goal was so big that mm-hmm. they wanted to change the car industry. They didn't just want to create a car company. Right. In fact, Elon Musk early on very much said, and Mercedes was an investor. Most people don't know this. They actually saved Tesla from vanishing from the world. Mm-hmm. They gave Tesla a hundred million dollars and got an 8% stake at a time that they were about to fail. And then later sold that out for a little less than a billion and they celebrated. But if they had owned 8% today, that'd be worth more than their market capitalization of their whole company. So <laughs> you look at the, the story is exponential. What you want to do is find exponential leaders. And this is what I'm going to create. Literally find if, if you don't have the vision to have something very, find right. something you love mm-hmm. and attach yourself to a purpose that's so big right. that you can grow as big as possible into it. And then if you outgrow it, then outgrow it because- right. That's part of my own thing that I tell people that come to work for me. My goal is that you outgrow me, that you succeed more than I ever thought I could succeed. Then mm-hmm. I've succeeded more than I ever thought I could. Wow. So what is the best way? We talk about challenging the status quo. What is the best way to identify the status quo you're going to change? Like you talked about change the industry, right? Don't, don't just be a car maker. What is the best way to challenge the status quo? First identify it and then follow through on it. So to tie that into a little bit additional about measuring, you asked about measuring and yes. being complacent. The reality between 10% thinking, which is what we would say is pretty aggressive thinking in corporate America to actually shifting that to 10X thinking. How do I create a business that goes 10X? And what we're seeing is the companies that are reinventing themselves or disrupting themselves Mm-hmm. And, and I have, I start the whole book off of uh, disrupt yourself or be disrupted. Right. And that goes for every company. It goes for every person. It goes for every job. The reality is we have to think bigger about ourselves because the future is changing in 10 years, more than half the jobs that are currently exist will just vanish. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean there won't be jobs. I mean, I, I, I think there's always a scarcity that jobs are going away. We've already seen that right now we actually have more jobs in the world. And 20 years ago, we said there'd be no jobs. Right. <laughs> the opportunity though, is, is that, we have to continue to learn <laughs> if we're going to win and at the game in the long term is that we're going to have to pivot to where the market's going and measuring something that gets that your expectations are say 5% growth or 10% growth is no longer acceptable because outside of a company, even say it's a large company, they need to create micro companies on the outside with the whole goal to disrupt the bigger company and then literally merge that into that company. Um, and that's part of what 
what we do and we create exponential sprints, we'll actually create them at the edge of the company. Because if you bring them inside of the company, really the company just is going to beat those down and, and not let those succeed. So at the edge of the company, what we do is literally create these ideas that are potentially disruptive. And that's where you got to help disrupt people personally, professionally, and organizationally. That's part of my whole coaching is that every person has to have a belief system that they're worthy, that they're enough, that they, you know, because candidly, I've run across everything from people that'll sabotage their own success. I see yeah. that actually more times than just about anything mm -hmm. because they're not ready for the, the journey that they told themselves. Yeah. They start actually pulling back because of this self-talk. Is that ever a subconscious thing when they self-sabotage? Most always. I mean, and that's what we, we work on that level because in the end, the subconscious is just, if you tell the conscious something enough, the subconscious learns it. You know, there's faster ways to do that. And we've proven different ways to kind of help people reprogram that. Mm -hmm. But that's where I say is you, a lot of times is people are perfectly where they are. And that's where I think the idea of self-help is, is wrong. The idea of self-awareness is something. When you get a self-awareness, you start to learn is what do I need to unlearn or reprogram? And that's what we really focus on in the mind is, okay, what are the things like when I ask you to think about 1 million exponential leaders, like even when I ask myself to think about it, what are the things that made me hesitate? And I start asking myself why. And if I were to coach myself, you know, and, and Kennedy, that's what you have to be your greatest own coach. I don't think people realize that is you need lots of mentors and coaches because one, you're never going to do it alone. But most importantly is you and your own conversation with yourself is the most important conversation. It's the one that yep. you talk to most, no matter who you are. And it's your belief systems built off that. So once you can get to where you're conscious, if you say, I'm going to do this, like what I was telling you earlier about walking on a stage or walking into a sales meeting, one, I've said that enough that now my subconscious believes it and it doesn't have any way to kind of, and I actually unlearned these things that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or, you know, I shouldn't say that I, you know, it sounds egotistical or, you know, Hey, someone's going to say I'm crazy. Well, now I embrace those because I realize that those are people that need to unlearn something so that they can obviously create their own crazy dream because there's right. nothing better than living a life with a crazy dream. I mean, right. it, you know, you get up every morning, you know, wanting to, to accomplish that dream. Yeah. And the fact that you don't accomplish it every day is actually part of loving the journey and enjoying mm -hmm. the moment, which is right. another universal truth. And you said something that, that I work with my clients on as well. It's we as a society focus so much on what keeps us up at night. But what about what gets you up in the morning? What, what happens when you make that shift? Like, what is it that you're excited about? What is it like, what thoughts do you have that are driving your feelings, your drive, the emotions that drive your behaviors? And that's why I just, when I sat down and started reading the book, I'm like, this is, I mean, for lack of a better description, it's pure gold. And I love the work you're doing. Thank you. I actually part of a, a system and I often share a lot of these things because even my own, my own health, my own is, is a digital sunset is not letting your mind go you know, so many people go to sleep in front of the television or right. in front of their phone or whatever, disconnecting that from an hour or two before one, that blue light, uh, which, you know, we have lots of proof and evidence that blue light stimulates the mind. And honestly, we generally fill it with the news and negative and doom scrolling and cancel culture yep. and compare culture where we're all, you know, oh, I'm not gonna, Oh my God, look at their life. And so all that does is then further actually triggers. And you're going to think of triggers. And this is probably my biggest piece of advice to, to leaders is what are your kryptonites? What are the things that actually hold you best back? And then how do we eliminate those first? Because then your whole world will open up when you get rid of your kryptonites. And one of the biggest kryptonite for every person that I goes through the XMBA or that I, that I actually know, including my daughter, 
you know, my ex-wife, anybody that I know, you know, is that they get caught in this trap of comparing themselves and that, that you're moving through this life. And the only one you should compare yourself is to yourself. And you got to coach yourself is be better than you were yesterday. Yep. And Navy SEALs have this great little line that I learned from a Navy SEAL is if I improve 1% every day, mm. that's 37x improvement. That's exponential. And that's actually part of what I teach people is, well, let's work on your habits. You know, you are your habits, how you spend your days. So what, what do you want to accomplish? And if I want to accomplish 1 million exponential leaders to give you kind of context, well, I get on podcasts, great podcasts like this with you. We have this conversation. Uh, we get one or two or five or 10 people that say, I want to be an exponential leader. Right. You know, this is the best I could spend my time. I can do this the rest of my life and enjoy the rest of my life knowing that I'm living out my life's purpose. And I'm sharing God's gift and talent to bring all this knowledge and information to me was the ability to obviously using your mechanism to you, you know, we're able to share a message that obviously gets people thinking better. Who knows what problems will solve just from getting people to start believing themselves that they can solve those problems. Cause every problem, no matter how big it is, right. Is going to be solved by someone. And that's, you it's, know, yeah, it's inevitable, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So we've done it through all history. We're still here. Yeah, you know? we are. We're doing better than we think too. Yeah. Yeah. Now I love that. Now where listener, where can they find out everything they want to about, Aaron about your book. And again, we'll have the, all this on the show notes, but direct them towards your social media, wherever you want to tell them to go. Yeah. Instagram, Aaron bear, A A R O N B A R E Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Um, my email is Aaron bear at Aaron bear. So people can email me AaronBear.com. Um, I often tell people is like, send me an email, me or my team will get back to you hundred mm -hmm. percent. What's interesting, I used to say this to students when I was a professor, and I'd say 99% of you is like, I'll take you to coffee. I'll help you start yeah. a business. I may even give you some seed money. And I'll definitely help you in the right direction because I've taught entrepreneurship and innovation. Yeah. And, yep. and I said, 99% of you won't take it. And my co-author, who's a guy named Forbes Shannon, yep. was one of my students yep. that took that opportunity. And now mm -hmm. he's co-founder of One Million Exponential Leaders with me. Yeah. And he's literally the first coach in that program. He's 27 years old now. But I met him when he was literally 19 and we've been working. He's the one followed up and kept following up. He just didn't stop yeah. calling. And that's yeah. I love whatever that story. you want. That was his yeah. own exponential path to get here. Yeah. He's there. Can I just ask you, because he opens up the book, obviously, and shares a very personal story. And yeah. from his standpoint, from your standpoint, and you took his call and you took him up on the offer to go grab a cup of coffee. And here you guys are doing this amazing work. What was it about you? It's your empathy. But what? where did that come from inside of you? Like, where did that? Hey, I'm going to go sit down with him and talk to him because he was at a kind of a tough point in his life. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when, he, when I took the call, I didn't know where he was at, you know, and I think yeah. that's, you know, so it wasn't compelling in the sense that I need to, to, to save this guy that he was in a dark place. And, right. I, and I think, you know, Forbes shares a story that, that that's his journey. And I, I, you know, part of it, he's like, well, what do you think about putting this in the book? I'm like, do you want it in the book? I mean, I'm, I wholeheartedly think that this will help a lot of people yeah. get from whatever dark place they may be to a place right. that they can have a clearing. And Forrest will be another guy to have a conversation with because yeah. he's come so far so I'm fast. And, yeah. and, you know, that's part of my goal is I shared with him is like, Hey man, let me, I made 20 years of mistakes and learn from them. Let yeah. me work to give you those in two. And then let's bottle that up in a jar and figure out how we can do that and give it to people in two months. Yeah. And now that's, ex those are exponential thinking like that's, you know, Hey, it took me a long time to figure this stuff out with Forbes. I've, I've shortcutted that. And now he's coaching other people. I'm coaching that's other awesome. people. We're getting better and better at it. We figured out the shortcuts, but the reason I 
you know, always say that is because people like Forbes is at the end of the day, there's always this analogy of the starfish on the beach. I don't know if you ever heard this analogy mm-hmm. where, you know, there's a little boy and he's going and putting one starfish. They're all washed up on the beach and the, the short, the, the tide's gone away and mm-hmm. he's taking every starfish and an old guy goes like, you know, you can't save them all. He's like, but I saved that one. Yeah. So, and there's literally thousands of starfish and yeah. that's what the world is right now. We're in yeah. a mental health crisis. I yeah. mean, and I own part of a neuroscience company that deals with PTSD. And that's actually where a lot of this research came from, because mm-hmm. if you can get people to where they have options, you know, suicide is, you know, one of those, you know, and that's, that's actually part of the Forbes story is an option only when you have no other options. And that's part of how your brain's even connected to the rest yeah. of the brain. So creating lots of options and understanding when you become exponential, it's the opposite of that. Is that you have unlimited options. Now, my biggest failure over 20 years was I probably had too many opportunities and I never focused on one. Okay. Now I'm focused on one. Now I'm exponential. Now I'm figuring that out. Forbes the same way. But with that, I want to meet with people that either are in that problem, you know, that place where they like they need, and then I want to get them into a program. Like our program, XMBA, we have scholarships. I have a way that if someone needs help out there and they want to be involved, they just follow my funnel, which if you get into meaning my social media or whatever, you'll get into a funnel and then reach out to us in a scholarship because I want everyone to be exponential and I want everybody to have a chance. What I've learned is so transferable. And that's Mm -hmm. where now for the first time I see that I can give this to a million people and I know how to do that. I've actually, I work for Oxford leadership and they're just about to pass 1 million people in their program. I created their coach certification program. So I'm literally taking that model and saying, now I want to do it with exponential leaders because every exponential leader is going to think bigger about their world and actually create a bigger impact. Whether they're a leader, an athlete, it doesn't matter what they do. It's just that you actually think bigger about yourself. So I take every one of those meetings and now I have a system and you know, coaches and I'm working on coaches in every literally ecosystem in the world to really be able to take those meetings so that we create a system that everybody that connects to that funnel creates that 1 million. So I have this vision that literally has come together. And obviously now we can take every one of those meetings and it, it, and this isn't for money. We will take those meetings to literally help people and move them along. In the end, we know that when people think exponential, that's going to pay dividends beyond belief. Awesome. Aaron, I can't thank you enough. This has been, I, I love this conversation. I, I wish we had more time. I could keep going. I got about five more questions, but I, I mean, just, I had an absolute blast. No, no, thank you. I'd appreciate having me on and, uh, I look to see how the athletics of business becomes exponential after this. Well, I will be picking your brain. That's for sure. And we need to get Forbes on. I would love to have a conversation with him. Okay, let's do that. Thank you for listening to the athletics of business. Be sure to give us a rating and review. So we know how we're doing for more information about the show. Visit the athletics of Now get out there, think, act, and execute at the highest level to unleash your greatness.